Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,933. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Wilmington, Delaware, with a very special guest by the name of David Adidon. David, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Well, I, I am. Did we set it to launch control? Or are we going to? Oh, we can do that. Yeah, anything <laughs> okay, you want. Yeah, I even, hear, I even hear you like to do wheelies through intersections, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> That's my, in, my, in my earlier uh, foolish days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we had uh, listeners. We had a little fun in a pre-show chat, and uh, he gave, David gave, me, gave up some secrets here. Now, before I give you a proper introduction and we talk about uh, this new venture you're doing, which is fun, along with your current business, what's one little thing maybe most people don't know about you, David? Um, I don't think most people know that I'm a, a vet. I'm a, I'm a, um, yeah, I'm, I was in the Air National Guard for 11 years and I, um, served in uh, desert storm and, uh, that got me my veteran status. So, you know, I, I do a lot of, ser- you know, serving of other people and so I serve my country and I'm pretty proud of that. So, uh, I don't think too many people know that. Well, that's very cool. Well, thank you for your service. I greatly appreciate that. Uh, we have a family with who've been in military positions. Gosh, my father-in-law was a Marine for 33 years, three three okay. tours in Vietnam. Father, way early back out of college, was in the Army. Uh, that led to me being uh, uh, made in Japan. Uh, he was stationed okay. over there. So, uh, yeah, I've got it stamped somewhere, but I can't see where they stamped it when uh, when all that <laughs> happened. But, uh, well, that's very cool. Well, thank you so much. Let me give you a proper introduction. David Adidon is the chief of venture officer of Trellist, a professional services firm delivering performance-driven business solutions that are flexible, innovative, and optimized to maximum efficiency and return. David is Trellis's founder. He's a founding partner, and he built the company from the ground up 25 years ago. Got over 100 employees now. He's implementing the Trellis vision of a family of companies that include soul and joint ventures, as well as philanthropic endeavors, as he mentioned. David is partnering with his buddy and racer, Andy Lally, and the company they formed is Andy Lally Alive, and they're launching Awesome Joe Auctions, which we're going to learn about, and a few other things. They plan on changing the auction business with their Buy Confidence process. We'll be back in just a minute, but first a word from our sponsors, so give them a little love if you would. We'll be right back. Covercraft's newest five-layer indoor cover is especially engineered for indoor use, providing maximum dust protection when your vehicle's stored in the garage. Your five-layer indoor cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form, and fit with the quality and attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Even if your vehicle is always inside, dust and fallout can damage the paint. And an extra layer of soft, breathable material protects from accidental bumps and rubs. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. Every one of my vehicles is protected with a Covercraft cover, custom fit to fit the car like a glove. And I have a deal for you. If you use the code yeah 21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your order plus... Free shipping, that's right, 10% off and free shipping. Simply use the code YEAH, Y-E-A-H-2-1, at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. 
I was tired of my rates for my collector car insurance going up every year for no explainable reason. My carrier seemed to be turning into a media company versus an insurance company, and I realized that a portion of my policy premium was paying for all those so-called free media goodies. So I did my homework, I talked to knowledgeable collectors, shopped around, and discovered American Collectors Insurance. They've been serving the collector car hobby since 1976. You last that long by properly serving your customers' insurance need, not with a lot of fluff. ACI is ranked the number one online collector car insurance provider according to Google, Trustpilot, Facebook, and they offer their real person guarantee live support. No never-ending phone loops when you need help. Plus, because you don't use your classic car as a daily driver, you could save up to 40% compared to regular auto insurance. American Collectors Insurance provides agreed value policies. So if you experience a total loss to your collector vehicle or it's stolen, you'll be paid the amount listed on your declaration page, less any deductibles, of course. No ifs, ands, or buts. Give them a call today and ask for your free quote at 866-A-C-I-Y-E-A-H. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Greens, at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. So, David, we're back. So I want to dive a little deeper into the corner, something I think you love to do. Let's first talk about Trellis a little bit. So we set the stage for this business that you've created and then want to dive into uh, what you're doing with this alliance with Andy Lally, Racer, Alive. And uh, then we'll also dive into this uh, awesome Joe Auctions. But let's uh, first talk about how you developed this business and what your business Trellis is all about. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Mark. So, my career started in the 80s and I was uh, in sales and marketing and then in business, uh, business management for some tech companies. So back then, tech was computers. I went through uh, small, mid and large size companies and then ended up realizing I wanted to start my own. So I formed a company that would provide marketing and technology services um, to, to the world. So back then, you know, in 1995, we were one of the first ones doing internet stuff. Um, and anyway, I built it up to a hundred person company. We've got a lot of the largest clients in the world that we do work for. And the thing is, is that what I realized I wanted to do was I wanted to leverage the power of everything that we have in marketing and technology and then do it for other types of, um, industries. So for example, my passion for automotive enthusiasts and motorsports, I said, geez, I could use everything that we do and build digital products and be innovative and do things for automotive motorsports people. So, um, so that's, uh, what Trellis is. I have somebody running the, the core company and then I went into, uh, then building these new ventures. And the first one, what better would be then to, again, when I met Andy Lally at the racetrack, what better than to say, Hey, Andy, you know, you're an interesting guy. You're kind of a, you're a professional racer and kind of an amateur business guy. I'm a professional business guy and an amateur racer, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. peanut butter, chocolate, chocolate, or peanut butter sort of thing. I said, why don't, why don't we start this, this digital, uh, digital products company to help automotive enthusiasts and motorsports guys. I mean, because we can build just about anything. We know how to market. We know we can, we can basically do some really cool things. And so that's, that was the genesis of it. That's very cool. You know, I love this. I've had hundreds of racers on this show, and one of the biggest challenges with professional racing is always, well, it's like almost everything, money. Uh, how do you raise money? And then when you combine that with their 
really requirement to be uh, socially active in media, uh, interactive with potential sponsors. Uh, it's the old days of just jumping in the car and driving, and you could even be a bit of a buffoon maybe back in the old days, and it didn't really matter. But now everything's different. So let's evolve this cool deal you're doing with your buddy Andy, because I look at Andy Lally, and I'm working on getting him on the show as well. Maybe you can give him a little nudge for me. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. aside from just being a racer, I mean, he's he's way more than that. And so let's talk a little bit about what Alive is. What are you guys doing? Yeah. So essentially, we said, let's build digital products, digital innovation products for automotive enthusiasts and motorsports guys. And so how did, you know, what we decided to do was build the, uh, this one product called TrackRabbit. So when you go to a track and you need to register, yeah. Uh, to to go onto the track for HPDE days or racing or whatever you might be doing. These track schools and clubs around the country need need a registration system. So there's um, there's you know a few out there that people have used, but we thought we could do this in a much better way for them. And uh, and we are. So it's it's not about a platform that's just about registering, but it's also uh, about, you know, marketing them. So, you know, these track schools and clubs, what do they need? They need acquisition of, of new people coming into this industry. They need the loyalty for them to come more often to be their club member or to, you know, to um, give more of their wallet share to to that club's track score club. And the last thing is that they want to retain them if they have a membership program. And since we're experts at that at Trellis, we said, well, listen, we can build this platform, but also help provide all these marketing and customer service uh, um, pieces to this to this um, product. And uh, and and that's what we're doing. So we've got track schools and clubs all around the country. They're using TrackRabbit um, as their uh, registration platform and marketing engine. So that's the first thing we did. And then we said, well, listen, let's now tie into all of those guys that have these race cars, have these track cars, have these modded cars and so forth. Let's help them to be able to buy and sell their rides. And so we built Awesome Joe Auctions and we just launched a, uh, a patent pending process on this, which is a different way to actually buy and sell and makes it better for them. So that's what Andy and I are doing. We basically said, look, let's let's put our minds together. Let's help these help these guys out in this industry to be able to do things in a better way. Very interesting. And I love the fact that you're a car guy and you figured out a way to, to fold that passion into what you're doing in business. Because if you think, I look, and I love the name of your company, Trellis. I mean, it kind of makes sense when now that you've explained to me what you guys do and yeah. creating this uh, connection of things and interweaving right. of things. Did I get it? Did I figured yeah, it out. You did. You yeah, did. Very good. <laughs> yeah. I, li I like it. It's very, very cool. And I know we're going to have your son on the show tomorrow, Tommy. He's been with your company for five years, you said? In our yeah, chat? I think so. You know, uh, <laughs> father and son combo it might feel like 10 for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand a little bit. But well, he's going to be talking a lot more with us uh, tomorrow about uh, the auction process. So I don't yeah. want to take a, or give away too much of my right. talk with him. But Awesome Joe Auctions, you know, the online auction business has just blown up. And we all know the big guys in the block uh, bring a trailer. Uh, yeah. Randy Nonnenberg was a guest on my show. In fact, he gave me a bit of a scoop the day he was a He's been on the show a couple of times, but the first time that day he announced on my show that they were going to start auctions. You know, before they, all he did was post pictures of cool cars and said, yeah, this is neat. And I remember that day because I went interesting. And my first thought was being a car guy. Well, how could I ever buy a car that way? I mean, I knew there was eBay and stuff. And honestly, I've bought 
I think two motorcycles on eBay. I've bought two cars on eBay, sight unseen. One of them I still have, my Orange Crush, my Porsche Turbo. I talk about on the show all the time. Found that on eBay one Sunday night, and you know I scored. The other car I bought, eh, it wasn't quite what I thought it would be, but it was right, it was right. it was okay. But the online auction business is exploding. I've had many people on the show just last week. Uh, um, another member of the Shiftgate team. And what they're doing there at Shiftgate. So it's a really great thing, I believe, because it's just opening up more opportunities for people to play with cars, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we didn't want to be a Me Too product. Again, I'll let, I guess we'll let Tommy talk about it. But we're not about being Me Too. We're about the innovation and different ways of doing things, solving problems, whether it be with my, you know, again, the original company, Trellis. I mean, helping some of the largest companies in the world solve business problems in marketing technology. So if we can help you know, to look at what's the problem in this in auction and what's the problem in track schools and clubs and their registration systems and so forth. If we can help to solve that and come out with an idea, you know, that's a, that's a wonderful thing. So yeah, the, the auction business and also just buying, not just auction, but classified uh, is also in our um, Austin Joe product. It needed something to be able to help the industry. So I think we nailed it, and I think this is going to be a pretty big deal because we're about to be awarded our first patent for something we uh, launched a while ago, and um, and I think uh, we're pretty certain that we're going to get a patent on this. So I think it's going to be a pretty big deal in the uh, in the industry, um, but even outside the industry. But very cool, I love it. So I love to talk with my guests about driving inspirations. These are people that are mentors, influential people. I know that after interviewing nineteen hundred and now thirty three people, that people who are successful typically have somebody behind them that's influential or helpful or a mentor. Is there somebody been that to you in your life? Uh, well, yeah, I guess you know the best way to answer that is it's everyone around me. It's it's everybody. I. There are clearly some people that may have been more mentors to me than others, but I, I think that if you have the ability to embrace everything that happens around you, every person that you meet, everything that they have to say, then they can be a mentor to you. So I think part of part of um, uh, that I, the idea of who's a mentor to you is about your own attitude, about the way that you can embrace what people say. So. You know, Mark, just your podcast. To me, I think about this and I would think about, okay, that, that I understand what Mark does and how he does it and it's terrific. So it becomes so so that to me is a form of learning. Mm -hmm. And um and if we were to actually, you know, go hang out, you you probably a mentor to me because we would sit there and talk about it. So I think it's everyone around me, whether it be the clients and maybe some of the CEOs that I've uh, that I've worked with, it could be the people that are running track schools and clubs that are helping us. Kerrigan at VIR, Virginia International, is uh, the, the president. He's a great guy. And, you know, and I've just learned from chatting with him, the financial and legal people um, that I've met that helped me to learn how to run by the numbers and, and how to think about problems. Um, there are so many things. There are so many people, I think, around me, all the people that I work with on a daily basis. So I think that's my best answer to that is, is it's everybody around me. And partially because, you know, if I work with them, I'm curious about what they do and I want to learn from them what they know. It's a great way to think about relationships with people. Uh, and I love that answer. If you think about every person that you meet could teach you something. Yeah. And they can. I mean, I get taught things every day. That's a joy in what I do. I get to talk to fellow enthusiasts, but I get to learn so much and I'll hang up from these calls and go, wow. 
That's really interesting. I never never knew that before or never thought that way before. Even if you don't agree with somebody, just yeah, listening. Yeah. Listening is the key, right? It really is. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Now, if you were going to be the mentor to someone else that wants to go into your career path, uh, what kind of advice would you give them? Um, well, I think that um, the first thing I would do is, is tell them that, uh, hey, don't execution is so underrated. (laughs) 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 You know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where a lot of people think they can, they can do things until you realize execution is, is very difficult, but that might be one thing. But the other thing would be that just business is really, to me, I think it's somewhere between luck, smarts, and faith. So faith is you're crazy enough to go for something. Um, and then luck is by the grace of God. You're going to get good luck or bad luck in your life. Things are going to happen. And then smarts are what do you do with that? What do you do with that that good luck or bad luck? What do you do with things that happen to you? And I, and I think that's that's really my advice for people to just understand that if you're crazy enough to go for it, you're going to have to be smart enough to deal with what the good luck and the bad luck that happens to you because it's just life's a funny thing and business is even funnier a lot of times. So. Sure. Um, but don't forget that execution is really underrated. Too. <laughs> I love it. Execution is underrated. Great quote there. Uh, we'll be back in a second to talk a little bit about challenges. So uh, keep that uh, execution thought in mind while we take a short break for our great sponsors. We'll be right back. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events, where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. Barrett-Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market Driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So, David, let's talk about this. Uh, You know, uh, you mentioned earlier execution uh, is a huge challenge, but I like to ask my guests about a big challenge they faced in life or business. And it's really more about how you got through it and even more so, what was that lesson learned so you can move through in a positive way and keep that memory and that lesson in mind so you don't do it again? Sure. Well, Trellis has had this idea 
of building a family of companies long ago and again, launching, uh, launching new ventures. So long ago, we decided to try our hand at that. And what ended up happening was that we didn't know what we didn't know. So that was, that was early in the, uh, in the trellis days, um, real early. And so early in my entrepreneurial career too. So when we didn't know what we didn't know, we thought we could get past almost everything. So eventually a few things hit us that we could not get past. So for example, the dot-com bust sucked all the venture capital money out of the market. So even though we were, we were slated to get a, a, uh, a series A round of funding for this uh, new venture we came up with, when the dot-com bust happened, there was no more money. So mm. we never thought about the, that potential that, well, what if? that you couldn't get that money. We never thought about that. So now what we do is we try to make sure that we know what we don't know. We think about all of the things that are out of our control that could end up impacting us. Again, that good luck and bad luck type of thing. And we try to have contingency plans for those types of things moving, uh, moving down that path. So, And then something like COVID comes along. Oh, yeah. Nobody, I don't think anybody could have thought or planned for this, the gift that never stops taking is what I call it. Uh, you know, it just keeps going and going and going. Did what happened and what's still happening with COVID affect you guys in, in a major way? Or were you able to, after learning through all these other previous lessons, duck and dodge a little bit and keep moving forward? We were pretty much already set up to be able to beat COVID and without even knowing it was coming. Mm-hmm. We had already set up remote environments. We had already set up how the company would operate with people all over the country, with clients all over the country versus, you know, just locally. So we had already set up for that. So when it hit and, and, and they, and, uh, you know, they, the government said, go home, we didn't skip a beat. Now, there was problems with some of the clients, but we, you know, we're, we've worked it pretty well in both uh, the recession, a couple of recessionary environments, we've been, we're able to get past them. So this wasn't that much of a difference. Uh, to us, and we were able to just have a slight hiccup, and then bam, we were we were rolling. So we were able to get past that pretty uh, pretty well. We we actually did well last year, and and we're having a great year this year. Awesome! I love to hear that. When you look ahead, this new venture you're doing right now, where do you see these new ventures uh, with your race buddy uh, being, say, in a year or two? Kind of a bucket list goal with these process or these businesses. Yeah. So, well, the, 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 the Alive company is, again, focused on the digital innovations and products in the uh, automotive enthusiasts and motorsports space. And we have um, two of them out, right? Say Track Rabbit and Awesome Joe. And we're launching another one, actually, as we speak right now. And we're going to launch a couple others. And what I'd like to be able to do is capture this niche so that we would provide you know, a series of products to help everybody um, be able to enjoy their passion more, whether it's they're running a business or whether they're attending the events. We want to be able to capture this niche and really help them to understand that we've got a series of things that they can use to help them uh, help them enjoy this more. So there's, yeah, and, and, and we're doing it. So if what ends up happening is um, we do this in partnership with other firms, or we just do this by ourselves. It, you know, it doesn't. It, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm just. I, that is, I guess, from a bucket list. What we'd like to be able to do is really just help help this industry. Let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. Something that really stands out for you. I see a smile on your face when I ask you this question. <laughs> uh, what was that vehicle? And share a, a great story about it. 
Uh, sure. My uh, first car was an MG, and it did not run very far before it broke down. So <laughs> you know, this is not an uncommon story. Now, I see uh, as we're talking here, there's an MG and a picture on a wall behind you. Is that the car? Well, that's just an MG. Oh, so, okay. But I should memorialize that first one. But, you know, I was I had to learn how to fix how to fix cars. That's the first thing I learned, right? I mean, it's like yeah. my, the MG doesn't drive yeah, When you have right. a British car, you got to learn how to fix cars. <laughs> and, and then you had Lucas Electrics. Ooh. And Lucy, Lucas Electrics was like the prince of darkness, right? So it's a little pun there. But of I mean, course. of course, <laughs> you know, yeah. it was really tough, you know, owning an MG. But I didn't own, I told you I was a glutton for punishment. So I didn't own one MG. I owned three of them. I owned an <laughs> MG. I owned, the first one was an MGB. The second one was an MG. Uh, MG Midget, and the third one was an MGB GT. So I love the MG. But actually, the funny thing is, I ended up getting into Nissan because my buddy had a 240Z, and he used to kick my butt all the time. So out there, and the MGs weren't that fast, but they were cool. But that 240Z was was so cool that I ended up being a uh, a Nissan and Infinity guy as I as I go to over my life. So very cool. Well, those when those uh, first 240s came out, they were they were so unique and different. And uh, had a lady down the end of our street. I was detailing cars when I was a kid, and she let me drive it back to my house and detail it. And it was kind of that. Remember that lime green color? Yeah, uh, that yeah. was the color of her car. I thought that was so cool. She was kind of this cool, cool gal. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, those cars were very different uh, for uh, cars coming out of Japan at the time. It was like, whoa, what are you guys up to now? And of course, the yeah. legacy still kind of lives on with that lineage. So uh, I think that's pretty cool. But MGs, well, MG started for me. My dad had a TC when I was just five six years old so that's what really spurred my passion for cars so uh I have a special place in my heart for MGs. But when I was a teenager, I wanted to buy one. And my dad said, would you want to buy a car that you will be working on all the time or a car that you can actually drive places in? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I ended up with a Volkswagen Carmen Ghia. So I think it was a better choice. It was a much more reliable car. That's for sure. Okay, I'm going to crawl on your head and be your uh, automotive psychologist here, David. If you were manifest as a vehicle, what would you be? But more importantly, why? Well, that's that's an easy one for me. I've got um, a couple GTRs. So, you know, my 240Z story, I just said I lo- I fell, you know, fell in love with a Z, even though I was driving my MGs. Well, I, become a, I ended up becoming a Nissan guy. So I wanted to, um, I was really looking forward to when the GTR was going to come out in the States. So I was one of the first people to buy it buy it when it came out um but um and then i ended up getting two of them one of them i keep in stock and the other one i've turned into a kind of a half a race car a track car essentially yeah. uh-huh. um but the reason i i you know the reason why i guess well there's there's a bunch of things number one is that um the gtr is always about awesome performance so i try to you know always perform in business and in different things that i do it's somewhat different that you know you don't get millions of you know like there's millions of mustangs out there i'm not a, <laughs> i actually like mustangs but um so no offense guys but um but it's different you don't see that many so it's i like the you know because i'm kind of you know i'm a little bit different myself in the way i think about some things the gtr it's reinvents it's, it reinvents itself to be up on top right sure. so it's yeah. it comes out again and boom it's you know the porch killer again you know that sort of thing and you know besides for that i think that um you know some people are like well i don't like the m or the uh, i don't like the the gtr but let them drive it they're like okay okay i kind of like it so i think that sometimes when you you know you have that, uh, you know, a lot of personality or, or you're a little bit different, you know, once you get to understand that, 
that car, that person, right? Then, then you might say, okay, you know, they're, they're a good guy and that's a good car. I like it. Yeah. Well, so I think, I think that's uh, those are my reasons for my GTR, my GTR. You know, what's not to love about 500, what, 572, 600 horsepower. I mean, somewhere in there. I mean, it, you know, what's not to love about that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a, uh, yeah, pretty darn fast car. Uh, how about giving back? I mentioned in your intro that your firm is also very philanthropic in nature. Uh, what are some ways that you like to give back to help others? In, in it doesn't have to be the automotive sector, but in general. Sure. Well, the the first thing is that um, you know, again, I think uh, a lot of my life has been about servitude leadership, whether it be the military I mentioned or. Um, actually the company trellis, we turn into what we call an employee shared company, which is our version of an ESOP. So essentially it's a hundred percent employee owned. But I think also in the, um, in the automotive space, you know, with uh, TrackRabbit, for example, that product, we're providing that to track schools and clubs, you know, nice. at our cost, at our cost, we're not making any money on it. Now that's not a, it's not completely altruistic because the idea is that if we partner with them, then they're going to help us back. And then our other products and, and, and services uh, end up doing well, which is what's exactly happening. So we're basically providing them the amazing uh, products uh, at, at, at cost. So I think that's giving back to them. And what they're realizing is like, wait, the, the, you guys do have something that's really great. And you do have something um, and you're doing it in a way that really is, you know, giving back to, to, to this community. So, um, so those are just a, a couple of ways. Very nice. I love it. Thank you. You're welcome, of course. How about reading? Is there a great book you'd like to share with our listeners that you've uh, learned a lot from or maybe just enjoyed? Yeah, there's a there's a book called Principles by Ray Dalio. Now, Ray Dalio owns the largest hedge fund in, in, in the world. What's interesting, I used to follow what Ray would talk about from, a, uh, from his investment perspective, and I really liked the way he thought about things. And then I didn't know that he had such an unusual company. But when, I, when his book came out, Principles, I realized actually before that, somebody had said, Dave, your company is set up very similarly to Ray Dalio's company, Bridgewater. And I said, that's interesting. So we started talking about it. And then the book comes out, Principles. And basically, I could have written this book because nice. he set up a company, one of, the largest com one of the largest hedge fund in the world. He set it up almost identically to how we set up our company. And so it was fascinating to see this, to understand a lot of the similarities. And, you know, I plan to reach out to to Ray Dalio at some point to get in touch with him and maybe see if we can do some things that are compelling together. Very cool. Awesome book. Uh, yeah, he's built quite an, an amazing brand and business around what he's done. So very good. I mean, I'm kind of curious why no one's mentioned that book before, because, you know, having so many guests, a lot of books come up from time to time. But I believe, uh, but it's getting harder and harder for me to remember them all after 1933 <laughs> guests, uh, that that book's not being mentioned. So uh, listeners, I'll remind you, there's a great place in the Cars Yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book will be listed. I made it real easy for you to click and buy them. Uh, it'll also be on David's show notes page. When you look David up on the Cars Yeah website, I'm going to spell his last name because it spells a little different than how it sounds. It's A-T-A-D-A-N. So there you go. All right, we're going to go on the ultimate drive here, Dave. I'm going to allow you to go anywhere in the world, in any car in the world, with anybody in the world or somebody that maybe has passed. Uh, what does the ultimate drive look like for you? Well, you know, it's similar to the inspirational uh, persons. It could be, so there's so many. So what I did is, you know, or what I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick some from temporary, you know, from temporary events here and say who I think it would be. And that's got to be Carlos Ghosn. 
Carlos Ghosn, the, the former CEO of Nissan, who brought back the GTR and then was being arrested in Japan and somehow escaped in a box and, uh, you know, to uh, <laughs> back to, uh, to, to Lebanon. So uh, it's not that I want to hear his story of how he escaped. Some of that's actually come out. It's what I want to know. What I would want to do is I would want to drive in the GTR because he brought it back and, you know, we trade off back and forth. But I want to know what the heck happened. I mean, yeah. this guy was on top of the world. He was on top of the automotive world. He was on top of everything. And, and it all went south. You know, so for him as a business person, a car guy, a guy that brought back something that is meaningful to me in terms of this GTR, you know, I, I'd really like to take a long ride with and just tap his brain about almost everything. Yeah. Because there's no way that that couldn't be a fascinating ride. Yeah, I think so. I don't, has any book come out about this yet? I mean, it's, it's kind of still rather new. I, Just I would, a, lot, you know, a lot of information, a lot, yeah. uh, you know, and it, it, it's still going down because the uh, Japanese are, are looking at, you know, the people that helped him. Um, so there's, it's a rough story. I mean, but you know, what's going on, but he escaped and now he's, uh, you know, I guess he's going to live his life you know, potentially in fear now of being recaptured and brought yeah. back to Japan's. But, you know, you just got to understand, you got to wonder what happened with a guy that was on top of the automotive industry, developed partnerships that were amazing to help Nissan uh, to come back from essentially almost the dead. It was well, so. it'd make a great movie, I would assume. Uh, yeah. If all the facts were accurate of what, yeah, that it's always curious when you hear about these things. And, you know, sometimes you hear about people that get to massive heights and then they have a very big fall. Uh, but usually it's due to uh, illicit activity or illegal activity or, uh, you know, like another car guy that comes to mind is John DeLorean and right. you know, the cocaine bust and all that kind of stuff that was going on. And uh, uh, there certainly have been others outside of the car industry that kind of fail and fall. And usually it's corruption or, you know, yeah. who knows what, but, uh, yeah, that one's a, I'm no doubt it'll come out eventually. There's gotta be a book somebody's Absolutely. working on. Cause I think a lot of people will go, what happened? But <laughs> yeah, you know, what that's happened? a very, that's a very curious, very unique answer to that question. I've heard some pretty wild ones. Uh, uh, just last week, uh, one of my guests, I think it was Stacy, uh, who wanted to go for a ride with God and, uh, I'm like, wow, you're the first one who picked that guy. Uh, you know, so, uh, that's what the, the fun of the ultimate drive is anything you want to do. Well, you've taken us on a really fun ride today. I'd love to get some words of wisdom, a mantra or some kind of success quote from you before I let you go today? Sure. I think that some of the things that we, you know, we're doing um, at Trellis and then in Alive, we're doing a lot of things that have never been done before. So having vision is something that rather than a me too thing, having vision is something that that is something that can be pretty tough uh, to um, to work through for people. So if anybody's in business and they have vision, you know, I think that there are stages of vision, you know, that, that you go through. There's the excitement stage. Then there's a frustration because everybody says you're wrong. And then there's a depression stage because you think you're wrong. Then there's the acceptance stage because you go, okay, we're not going to do that. But then all of a sudden something hits you. And you realize, wait, I just need to tweak this. So, and it, and it actually is good vision. So then you get angry at everybody, then you're back to excitement and you get good vision. So, you know, you get these stages of vision. And then if you actually have vision, now you have to execute and fight for it and build momentum and tweak it. So, you know, if you're a business person that has vision in any, in any industry, in any product, in any, uh, any business, it's a hard road to hoe sometimes versus a me too. So keep it up and just understand uh, that there's stages to this. And if, but if you actually have real vision, you can do things that nobody has done before. So 
Well, you know, two names that come to mind as you mentioned that, and it's a great uh, way to look at it. Elon Musk uh, yeah. would be one. Uh, Jobs from Apple would be one. Uh, yep. Who go through all these cycles and everything. And I, I sit back and look at people at that level, and I am in awe. Going, how on earth do you do that? <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, but in many ways, both of those guys, and you could argue with me, but have don't have a me too out- outlook. They had a vision right. of how they could change the world, right, and give back to the world and uh, create something and. Uh, uh, I think it's rather amazing. So great, uh, great comments there. How are, can people learn more about Trellis, about Alive, and about uh, Awesome Joe Auctions and Rabbit and all the things you're doing? Sure, sure. So uh, Trellis is Trellis with a T, uh, Trellis.com. Uh, Alive is with, uh, is, is the domain is AndyLallyAlive.com. Um, and then, you know, two of the products we have are just trackrabbit.com and then awesomejoeauctions.com. So those are within the Alive um, company. And there are more to come. Wait till you see, wait till you see what, what's up our sleeve next. I mean, there's, gonna, there's some really cool things we're going to do. Wow, so, that's cool. I'm yeah. very excited for you. Well, it's been a, a pleasure to meet you. And I want to do a shout out to Brad Spears, who introduced me to David. He's brought me some great guests in the past. And again, tomorrow I'm going to be talking with David's son, Tommy, uh, primarily about Awesome Joe Auctions, but no doubt some other cool car thing. So it's nice to have. I've had many father sons. I've had some father daughters and mother daughters and all that. So uh, it's really fun for me to see family members that are in the business and and excited about it as well. A very fortunate there. You can find everything on David's show notes page. Again, you can go to David Adidon, which is A-T-A-D-A-N. Uh, spelled a little different than it sounds, uh, but uh, I think I got that that pronunciation right, didn't I, Hunter Don? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I worked hard on that. David, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing with the world. This is really fun. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. You're welcome. Here at Cars Yeah, it's all about inspiration. And our charity of choice is TechForce Foundation where it's all about making a positive difference in young people's lives. TechForce helps young adults discover their talents and passions for all things automotive, with a mission of helping students develop a career as a professional technician. TechForce awards nearly $2 million in scholarships every year for students to pursue technical education, and they support hands-on activities, events, and mentorships across the country, working to change the outdated perceptions of these careers. Autotechs are in high demand, but the supply of qualified technicians is critically short. They need your help to fuel their mission. Learn more and join me in supporting them at techforce.org. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!